seconds. No stinging or burning. Minor cuts or major wounds. Bleed Stop is a must for first aid kits, backpacks, and trauma bags. Find Bleed Stop by clicking on the Bleed Stop button on the 1360KHNC webpage. Products and prices listed on the KHNC website are 20% off the regular Bleed Stop website prices. Get yours today. The Blue Dragon Spa is a man-friendly spa with women bringing their husbands and significant others in for pedicures all the time. Men's feet hurt too, don't forget. Blue Dragon Spa, 1811 Hover Street, Suites A&B, Longmont, Colorado, 720 680 0492. 720 680 0492. Hi, this is Ron Tafoya, owner and operator of New Method Cleaners, Northern Colorado's oldest dry cleaners. Men's clothing to women's fashions. We clean it all. Give us the call with all your cleaning questions. If we don't clean it, we might have a solution. We have two locations to serve you in Severance and Fort Collins. Please call us at 970-775-0623. 970-775-0623. The views and opinions expressed on 1360 KHNC are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Excursion Broadcasting Network. It's time for the Deaf Blind Potter Show with your host, Kelvin Crosby. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. With all the other not quite, with all the never get it right. But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time. Cause I'm just a nobody We're trying to tell everybody All about somebody Hey, 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 it's so good to see you Even though I can't see you It's another beautiful day in the neighborhood My name is Kelvin Cosby Also known as the Deaf Blind Potter And Happy New Year, everybody It's been a minute since I've seen you all and I'm excited that we're back together from the new year, getting back into the grind, getting everything kind of pushing through and just, all right, here we go. We're going to take it all. We're going to take on these challenges today and we're going to take on this new year and we're going to see what 2024 looks like, right? And so today I, I got quite the guest for you and I, and I thought, you know, today's guest will really kind of open our eyes to really thinking about how do we want to live beyond our challenges when food situations in our life become a challenge and the importance of having relationships with those that have that are and probably are going to be the main source of our food if things really come to a situation that are, let's just be honest it's 2024 and we're in an election year, and we don't know what's going to happen. So if you have a relationship with your farmer or your rancher, you know you might have a pretty good opportunity to continue to get the produce and food that you need to live beyond your challenges and continue to live your life to the fullest and overcome your challenges. So just a couple things before we dive into today's show. So first thing is... I'm in my pottery studio, so that's why it sounds a little bit more echoey, because I got pottery all over me, 
and I got pieces behind me and all over the place. So if you want to watch today's show on YouTube and Rumble, you can go ahead and do that at Deathblind Potter and watch me make the piece this piece as we go through today's story and as we go through today's challenges. Also, if you need to, uh, if you're looking for merch for the for a thing, uh, what you call it, Valentine's Day, it's right around the corner. I mean, I know we're only the beginning of the year, but you need to go to DeafBlindPotter.com and get your Valentine's Day stuff if you want to buy, have it in time for Valentine's Day, because you got to do that soon before it's too late. So, no further ado, let's dive right into today's show, and... AJ, welcome to the Death Flying Potter Show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So, uh, so they kind of tell us where where are you located? Where are you at? Yeah, so right now I'm in a place called Richfield, Utah. Uh, it's about two hours south of Salt Lake City, and um, we're building a USDA meat processing facility here. So I'm chief strategist for the uh, owner that's getting this thing up and running. So while our home is in Cody, we're just trying to help build food resiliency wherever we're needed. Sounds good. So let's dive right into your story and see kind of where do we find you overcoming your challenges. So let's kind of tell us a little bit about your childhood and what got you into the military. Uh, yeah, so I'm, uh, I was born in Sandy, Utah, raised in St. George, Utah. Um, I had a fantastic childhood. St. George back then was a small town. Uh, my family are fifth-generation ranchers, so my best memories are going doing cattle drives and ran- uh, and brandings. Um, uh, you know, I, uh, I always joke that I'm the city slicker cousin. In other words, I didn't have to wake <laughs> up and do the chores and – um, if my if my mom was my dad, I I would be ranching for sure because all the boys in in my mom's family ended up ranching and all the girls did, you know whatever their husbands were doing that they married. So my dad was from the city. <laughs> my dad was from the city, so ranching wasn't in the cards for me. But I've been working to get on a ranch uh, for my own, you know, family. Um, it's been the dream my whole life, and so yeah, St. George, Utah, grew up, grew up, and. I left St. George for the first time when I was 18 to join the military. Ended up in uh, uh, Fort Lewis. Uh, see, I'm getting old now. Um, Leonardwood, Camp Leonardwood, Missouri. Fort Leonardwood. Jesus, it's been. <laughs> Man, I'm I'm so old now. I can't remember where I went. It's like 20 years. But uh, Fort Leonardwood, Missouri, was where I went to basic and and um, specialty training, and then uh, deployed in 2005 with my Utah Army National Guard unit to Ramadi. Um, so yeah. So, and I mean, if you're okay with telling it, what was that time like in um, over over overseas? Overseas, yeah. Yeah, you know, the hardest part was being away from family. Um, the, being in combat didn't didn't uh, bother me. I I on a strange level enjoyed the adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wasn't doing anything uh, too crazy over there. Entry control point security, and then route route patrolling. In other words, we were on mounted mounted on Humvees, tro- you know, driving up and down the highway, um, looking for IEDs and so forth. But it was just really hard being away from family. My my oldest daughter was five months when we left, and she wasn't. Uh, by the time I got home, she was two years old. So I remember sitting on the bus as we were driving away, and thinking about the 
our deployment was 18 months. And so I okay. remember thinking as we're driving away and I'm watching my family in the window about the enormity of that much time. And in, I just right away almost started feeling panicked and I had to just say, you know, one day at a time, left foot, right yep. foot. I can, I, this can't be, I can't count the days and the minutes and the hours or it's not going to go well. Yeah. So the experience, I'm absolutely grateful. I think, um, I think we as men need opportunities to go from boyhood to becoming men, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to rite of passage. Rites of passage have been part of uh, being human, being male for the entirety of our, our history. Um, and only recently have we as a society lost that transition. I think yep. that's one of the reasons we're seeing so much trouble with our youth is there's no opportunity to go. Well, first of all, it, it, there's no – we're losing the mentorship in that youth. Uh, you know, I, I heard somebody tell me one time, and I and I really resonate and believe in this. You know, it used to be the father's job to prepare the young man for yep. the test, and then it was the trusted members of society's job to put him through the test. Mm. And so the mil the military was that for me, and my dad did a great job getting me ready. That's awesome. So, so you, so how many years did you serve? I was in for ten years. I did eight years in the Army National Guard with Utah, and then I did two year two years in the Air National Guard in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. So, like the Air National Guard, like the Air Force, or the I, Air I, Force. Again, I might be really naive, but yeah, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, Army National Guard is, of course, the Army's uh, somewhat of an Army branch, and then the Air National Guard is a branch of the Air Force okay. at the state level. Yeah. Did, so so and then so basically you grew up in Utah and that's pretty much all you known or besides the military? Uh so when uh shortly after a couple of years after getting back from deployment I ended up in Phoenix, Arizona working in pest control. Um that's what brought me to Arizona and we ended up living there for 12 years. We opened a CrossFit gym in Mesa. Um and then a year after opening a CrossFit gym I started in a head-to-head -head fitness competition called rush club where we put athletes head to head for a title belt and they competed for you know that belt almost like ufc but it was crossfit we grew that to you know 900 people in house in the uh in the uh theater and we would broadcast live and stream it to over a quarter of a million people live and then um you know being a new entrepreneur i made certain decisions early on that came back to haunt me and ended up in a bankruptcy in 2017 that mm. had me move, move back to utah yes so stay tuned and let's see how he lives through this bankruptcy and this battle he faced so we'll see you on the other side There, it's Kathy from J Day's Appliance Sales and Service. I have a maintenance tip to keep your dryer in tip top shape. Having good clearance in the back, not allowing the vent to be kinked, and check your outside vent for hot and heavy airflow. We're located at 132 East 7th Street, downtown Loveland. Call us at 970 669 1357. That's 669 1357. Hello, everybody in Northern Colorado. 
You're all looking good. I knew you would. <laughs> Keep listening to AM 1360, the roar of the Rockies, the best station ever. Off-Road Automotive offers a wide range of used automobiles for all of your off-road and on-road needs. From classic Jeep CJ7s to high-end sporty Corvettes and everyday commuters, they have a vehicle for you. Bad credit or no credit, no problem. Their professional finance team has you covered. Give them a visit at 1392 Denver Avenue in Fort Lupton or give them a call at 303-502-3230. Trembles at his voice. Trembles at his voice. How crazy. So good to see you, even though I can't see you. It's another beautiful day in the neighborhood. My name is Kevin Crosby, also known as the Deaf Blind Potter, and you're listening to me on KHNC 1360 on the AM dial. And I'm so excited that you are here because we are diving into a pretty powerful story. And just a quick uh, business here if you want to watch me throw today's story live, you gotta go to YouTube or Rumble and type in Deafline Potter and go to the live feed, and you'll see me right here in the studio making the pottery piece for today's uh, interview as well. So let's get right into the story where we left off. AJ's at literally started his profit gym, started this competition, and made some business decisions, and he's finding himself in some legal battles. So JJ, take it away. Yeah. So we ended up uh, we ended up in a bankruptcy, and that means um, I lost my CrossFit gym, which I'd been working on for twelve years. And kind of was at a, a turning point in my life and didn't know what to do. Fortunately, uh, ended up continuing to coach people with a gentleman named Chris Powell. He had a TV show called Extreme Makeover Weight Loss. So um, I worked with them for a little while, but then I ended up moving to back home to St. George, Utah. And the hardest part was feeling like I was so close to something so great and then losing it all. Mm. And, mm. and, you know, and then uh, COVID hit. And I'm doing all these little side, you know, ended up not working. Uh, once I moved to Utah, I wasn't able to work for Chris anymore. They needed somebody more in proximity. And so I started working, doing concrete with some friends or, uh, I mean, any job I could find. Pulling inventory from Walmart distribution, just thinking, man, I, w- I used to be an entrepreneur and have a business. And now I'm, you know, not that there's anything wrong with those jobs, but I was doing something different that I was really working towards. And now my whole plan changed and so i just had to kind of work through some of those mental challenges and and be committed to what i was wanting to create so So. you're going through this so basically can you kind of give us a little bit of detail so Mm -hmm. basically basically crossfit sued you for yeah um i I mean it doesn't seem like they were yeah you were copying what they were doing 
No, I wasn't. And and really, I was trying to help the industry by driving traffic to CrossFix. I was so passionate about it. Um, but the ownership back in the day, they saw things a little different. And so, um, and, and to be honest with you, we were having, we weren't great CrossFit gym owners. I was distracted with the big competition I was putting on. And so, um, the bankruptcy in the end turned out to be a, a massive blessing in disguise because we had become so close to our CrossFit gym members that even though it wasn't working for us as a family financially, we weren't going to give it up. And mm-hmm. so it ended up being a major blessing to kind of restart. But then the mental challenges of now what? You know, yeah. am I just going to go be an employee? And and my personality is one that I cannot be an employee. <laughs> it just don't work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a creator, you know, and then so I started selling beef for my family's ranch. One of my cousins, Anchor Brand Ranch is his family channel on YouTube. It's a wholesome, amazing family if you want to see what day-to-day ranching looks like. Yeah. But we started selling beef for him in end of 2019, and then COVID started kicking off in early 2020. We had a growing customer base, and I called to get a scheduled of slaughter, and when COVID hit, all of the small meat packers just got inundated with uh, with schedule, you know, people scheduling for their animals to be slaughtered because the whole chain broke. So mm-hmm. I called to get my animals, uh, my cousin's animals processed, and they said, yeah, we can get you in 12 to 18 months to process. So – Kelvin, if you if I'm sending you a 15 pound box of beef every month and now I can't get a slaughter for a year, yeah, business was over. Yep, yep. So I I had to shut down another business, and but in the moment in, in that moment I'm listening to the radio talk about empty store shelves and I you know I'm doing anything I can do to survive. I'm I'm driving for, um, you know I'm picking up people's groceries. I'm doing mm-hmm. uh, you know Uber anything I could to keep money coming in for the family, you know, and contributing while my wife was working full time as well. So I hear this radio talking about empty store shelves in the cities because of the supply chain disruption. And yet I'm in the, a rural place and I see cattle standing everywhere. And so I, I had this aha moment and, and I'll be honest with you, this, this, uh, this vision that I'm working on now is one that came uh, from God, this is mm-hmm. I'm I'm a tool. This is not this is not AJ. Uh, AJ has no clue how to do what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I walk by faith every day. And so I had this idea: what if we created? Why doesn't a software exist that will connect local people with the closest around them that is raising food? Whether it's any food, it could be produce, it could be meat, it could be dairy, uh, it could be an artisan that's doing. Um, you know, bread products. But here we are with a broken supply chain. Well, mm-hmm. I've got I've got cows standing all over the place here. There's there's plenty of food. We just have a centralized food supply chain that's been disrupted and now we've got a problem. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's where the idea came from. And so basically what what from what I've done in my research is during COVID the supply chain, and especially the slaughterhouses, were just un- unexistent, and we had a major issue because of the four major uh, uh, slaughterhouses. They were they were like, no, we're closing down. So, can you kind of tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, what happened is you have these large packing houses. So, just just so the audience knows, we used to have. 10,000 slaughterhouses around the year, you know, I think it was 2000. 
uh, across the nation, small mom-and-pop slaughterhouses and, and the large ones. So we totaled about 10,000. We are now down to 2,500 slaughterhouses nationwide. Wow. So we are in really big trouble as a food supply chain for our nation. Mm-hmm. Um, 85% of the meat supply is controlled by four major corporations, National Beef, Cargill, JBS, and Tyson. Of those four, from the research I've been able to find, there's only about 20 slaughterhouses that process 85% of the nation's meat. So when COVID hit, I mean, they're doing 6,000 head of cattle a day in some in some places. So when you have people working in close proximity and then they all start getting sick and they have to close or mm-hmm. everybody everybody's afraid because we don't know what's going on. And so we close because we're we've been you know, the media has scared the crap out of us. And so we yep. think, you know, the worst of everything. Well, that creates a downstream effect. So if you can't kill six thousand head of cows, what are you gonna do with the six thousand that are waiting? And yeah. then the six thousand the next day that are waiting and the six so now you have this massive disruption that's backing everything up and then if you're a cattle producer if you're selling you know 800 weight 600 weight that means that's how much weight they are calves Mm -hmm. to a a finishing lot or a feed lot well what are you going to do when they're not buying them you're in trouble you're holding livestock that now is costing you you know more money because you can't get rid of them and so that's part of why the small processors all got backed up because anybody holding cows that usually went to the next phase they started getting them processed anywhere they could and if you remember back to the news you saw images and videos uh of um all milk being dumped into the into Mm -hmm. fields by the by the millions of gallons you know produce being dumped into fields pigs and and livestock being just slaughtered and buried because they couldn't process them so the whole chain broke because we've become very centralized and we couldn't handle uh a black swan event like that so Basically, from what I've learned and kind of understood is that through this challenge, we we were facing a major food crisis that could have been fixed, that could have been solved if we had, every person was working together. And like this challenge that we found ourselves in, and we found ourselves in a situation where like, how will we deal with this in the future so can you kind of explain a little bit um what what kind of what are some of the numbers of like aren't do we have enough farmers do we have enough ranchers do we have enough people to really take care of us in the future yeah, that's a good question. The answer, actually, unfortunately, is no. Um, because of the decisions that were made in the 80s, so Reagan changed the antitrust laws in the 80s um, that allowed the big companies to uh, basically get, you know, buy out the smaller ones until they became who they are. In the 80s, the big four, they were different names and, and different, you know, there was probably a little bit more than four, but they only controlled 25% of the market. Now they're at 85%. So when mm. those laws were changed, it gave them the ability, the ability to go in and just slowly buy up and take over, you know, over the last few decades. Well, in that process, you know, a corporation's job is to, is to focus on uh, revenue, profit. Mm-hmm. And so – you know, they discovered, man, if we can import more and buy it cheaper in places like, you know, uh, Paraguay and Uruguay and uh, South Africa and Brazil and ship it over, then we can sell it at American dollar wages, uh, 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 prices. Mm-hmm. So we can maximize our revenue. So 
over the last few decades, imports have increased, which makes the market harder for the small farmer and rancher to compete in. So they've gone away. We've lost. We're down to about 1% of our small farms and ranches across the nation. Uh, I've recently heard a number that there's only about 700,000 farmers left in the entire country. Wow. We're a, we're a nation of 327 million people. Now, if you're a vegan or vegetarian, I don't have a problem with you being that, but there's only about 4 to 6% of that population. That means there's about 297 million meat eaters in the United States with wow. only about 700,000 ranchers and you know uh, I don't know the total number of of what would be considered small farms as well. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where we're at. So no, we can't feed ourselves. We need a we need a new agrarian movement. We need something that's going to excite people that want to leave the city and start homesteading and raising food on their own, which is a which is happening. There's a big movement towards that right now. Well, and I think that's where why I I became very attracted to when I first found you. I was like, we need to talk about this. We need to deal with this challenge. Because mm-hmm. this is not just a challenge that we have to do individually, but this is a challenge that we got to face nation, like as a nation and as individuals and how we're going to deal with the barriers in our in taking care of ourselves in the long term. And so what are you, what are some things that people today can start doing to start making a change in their lives to start getting like not being worried about where you're going to get your next next cow or your next steak or your next uh, chicken yeah. or yeah good question you know first of all the people in cities you're the most vulnerable you guys are in a really vulnerable position so i would suggest looking into growing your own gardens now there are indoor growing gardens so you can at least handle your produce that's smart whatever you can do for yourself start doing it um that's what i would say number one you know back during world war ii we had they they promoted what was called victory gardens so that People could grow their own food so the food produced in our nation could be sent to our troops. And so I think that needs to have a comeback. I would say look for tower gardens with indoor grow lights. Those can really help you out. Um, the other thing is shake the hand to feed you. Get to know your local farmers and ranchers as close to home as possible. That's that's the entire focus of what this app is that we're building. Mm-hmm. And that's why, the, that's why our slogan is shake the hand to feed you. Because if you know your farmer and rancher, then you'll always have food. And frankly, if you see what's going on in Pennsylvania with the Amish farmer for the second time, the more people that our farmers and ranchers are selling to, the more people they can rely on if they are being chastised and, unfor- and, and unduly – uh, uh, um, targeted. So, uh, so as you're going, so basically, what I'm understanding, is, like if you're in the city, you're dealing and you're facing some of this stuff. You're gonna, it's gonna come eventually. It's gonna come and bite us in the rear end, and we're gonna need to really start thinking about how do we face this challenge? Because yes. we know here at the Deathline Potter, we're always thinking about. How do we live beyond challenges? And this is a challenge I don't think a lot of people realize is really happening. I don't think a lot of people realize is an issue. And I want to—I want you to be aware as an individual that this is something that you're going to need to start thinking about. We need to start thinking about it as individuals, and we need to start thinking about it from a standpoint: how are we going to support our family? Because when we right. once we think of it in those terms. Then that's when we start thinking, uh, if I'm in a homestead, 
maybe it's just a little bit of like three or four chickens or something like that so stay tuned and we're going to dive into the app and dive into all of this when we come back seas that are shaking and stirred can be calmed and broken from my regard through it Hi folks, Joe Jaquin here from the Half Empty Cup of Joe Show. Are you worried about investing in the stock market, especially with Joe Biden in office? Do you really trust this economy? What if you could invest in a secure, collateralized portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed? A portfolio where you know what each monthly statement will look like with no surprises. Your interest is compounded daily. You're paid monthly and there are no fees. You can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose. And get this, there's absolutely no loss of principal if you ever need your money back. Go to investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com. Or call 888-Y-REFI-24. You can earn a fixed rate of return that's up to 10.25%. Just call 888-Y-REFI-24 or go to investyrefi.com and tell them Joe sent you. Hey, this is Rod from PCs and Parts in Loveland. We're your local computer and parts repair store. We have been in business for over 18 years, and we have been fixing computers and love doing that. If you're having anything with technical-related issues, come by and see us. To reach us, call us at 970-203-0696 or go to our website at PCsandparts.com. We'd love to talk to you about your particular problems. Do you have questions or comments for Kelvin? You can text him right now at 877-536-1360. Woo-hoo! So don't we love challenges in our lives? Because I tell you, I'm facing a challenge at the moment because I lost AJ, and um, and we lost our signal. So we're gonna try to get him back here in a second, and basically to kind of get us going here. So basically, where why I brought AJ on is to address a the challenge of how do we as individuals, um. Take prepare for our family and prepare for the the challenges that the government had made for us, and how do we take that charge and not worry about what's happening in the uh, not worrying about the government taking over our supporting of our family, and when I really saw this with uh, AJ and, and what he's doing and how he's Living beyond his challenge. Did we get AJ back? I need a password. Okay. Um, 
I don't really want to give that over the air at the moment. Um, so why don't we do a quick, um, there's, I, I can't stand when I have technical issues, but, um, yeah, hold on. We're going to come right back, um, and I'll be right back for a second so I can give the password so we can get AJ back on the line. And, and so, um, I need to get muted, so, well, that's not going to really work either. My hands are a mess. This is the only downside about doing this on, on the potter wheel is I can't handle all the different things that are moving through the radio show. See, don't we love living beyond our challenges and how are we trying to do that? And so, so uh, do have my dad in the studio. So, Dad, if you see channel one, hit mute on channel one. It's that little square button. information that he's doing he also I just learned that he had a podcast that he has and that he's come up with and the podcast is pretty from what I understand it's pretty pretty cool um what he's doing and how he's doing that and um I'm really I'm hoping we can get him back <laughs> but it, it, we'll we'll get there and we'll hopefully get him back here in a second and we're, we're working out the challenges but it's kind of when you're deaf and blind and you're trying to do multiple things so so you back aj i'm here yeah all right sorry man we got the whole connection issue all whacked out so all right so we're gonna dive right into this so go ahead and tell us a little bit where you are at um with from the farm and mm-hmm. and what is it about why do you have it and then we're going to dive after the next commercial here we're going to dive into the the conversation of how can people help you move this business so kind of go ahead and tell us a little bit about how uh, what is from the farm what is this app that you're building and how are you really making the difference in the community to help people make this change and live beyond a challenge in their own life 
Yeah, so I'll just start with um, in 2020, like I mentioned, that's when this idea came to me. And I was worried about whatever, what was going on like everybody else early on and, and still am because of where, you know, the dark turn that it's taken. Mm-hmm. But um, I remember in Iraq, we took care packages into a small village, and I remember seeing the dad watch us hand his family all the things they need and never thought much about that day until 2020. And I remember – thinking about this man and and um i don't ever want to be in a position where i'm looking at my family because i'm not able to provide mm-hmm. and so um you know i don't know anything about software development i'm i'm uh i'm a creator i'm not much of a doer but anyway that being said uh, because this was something that was put on my heart by God, it, it wouldn't go away. I even tried to hand the idea off to somebody else, and they said, no, thanks, mm-hmm. and and I couldn't sleep. I needed to be involved. So the app is called From the Farm. Uh, its entire purpose is to connect uh, local consumers with local producers so that we can start building food resi- uh, resilience in our food supply chain, most importantly so that people have access to it. I think there's some very dark and sinister things happening in our country at the government level, and I think we as citizens have the opportunity to prepare ourselves so that we can be responsible for our own sourcing of our own food or mm-hmm. growing it. And that's what Form the Farm is meant to do is to really connect people with the source. Um, this is also a way that you know right now there's a massive movement of people leaving the cities to start homesteading. I think homesteaders are going to be a big – uh, a big player in sourcing local food because we've got all these little homesteads all over the nation that are popping up, and they can help cover some of the gap that we've lost. And then hopefully these homesteads grow over time. So like I said earlier, we don't have enough food. Mm-hmm. But just like Airbnb, when that made it so convenient to rent out a short-term rental, how many people jumped on board and was able to make side income for a long time because of it or even buy a second property and rent it out? With an app like this, we're going to give people the opportunity to go buy an acre or more to start growing food and because they will know that there are American citizens all over the nation on an app like ours looking to source local food. Mm-hmm. And so it's a whole it's a, it's a new way to breathe, breathe life into the agriculture industry and increase food production in our nation. And I think what was so exciting about that when I heard about the app for the first time I'm like Wow, this is this is a game changer. And before we dive into this, I, I got a question for you. Okay. So, so what what do you think about the idea of me becoming the deaf blind homesteader? Yeah, I love it, man. I think that's great. Well, because I, the the idea was like, oh man, I mean, it definitely go viral on TikTok. But at the same time, like, I mean, I got I got to support my family too, you know? Yeah. And. Yeah. Finding ways to make that accessible to myself. I mean, obviously, raising cattle is probably not a good idea. But don't get goats. Yeah, don't get goats. <laughs> yeah, I've heard horror stories about that. And, <laughs> yeah. but, but I'm like, well, what? I mean, what, what would be a miniature pony? Would that are there any benefit of a miniature pony? Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. But there are miniature Highlanders, miniature cows that are really popular right now. That's a good one. <laughs> okay, man. Well, maybe we'll think about those. But all right, back to the en- enough of my fantasy land because if I stay here, <laughs> we'll never get off this the kick. So <laughs> and so yeah. So tell so basically. Um, so if people wanted to really get involved with your app, 
and really kind of help you through this process um, and get the word out, what, where would they need to go? Yeah, so we – from the farm.io, so we launch in March. From the farm.io, people can sign up to be consumers or producers. Um, we've thought a lot about uh, how we're going to raise capital to keep scaling it, and I think uh, – well, I don't think. We are going to do crowdfunding because our number one yeah. concern is if we build something so important mm-hmm. – so just stay, stay tuned because when we come back, we're going to continue how you can help AJ really get this off the ground and really help life be changed and by knowing where you get your farm, building this relationship, and be able to overcome these challenges. I am free because I know that I alone am morally responsible for everything I do. I am free no matter what rules surround me. If I find them tolerable, I tolerate them. If I find them too obnoxious, I break them. I am free because I know that I alone am morally responsible for everything that I do. Robert A. Heinlein. This is Rick Rodriguez. Christ said he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Join me on Sundays from 9 to noon for the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church Program on 1360 AM KHNC. Hey honey, I've been looking all over for you. The radio says there's an emergency. What are you doing down here? I heard that too. So I'm down here checking our preps, making sure we got enough Rocky Mountain freeze-dry ice cream. I hope we do. We need Rocky Mountain freeze-dry ice cream. It's so sweet and creamy, comes in all the flavors I love, and it's essential in an emergency. Yeah, and it melts in your mouth. They have vanilla, chocolate, strawberry, and a lot of other exciting flavors. It needs no refrigeration, and it lasts for 25 years. But I can't find it anywhere. Mom, Dad, I have something to tell you. I ate all the Rocky Mountain freeze-dry ice cream. Don't let this happen to your family. You need a good snack and treats for the moments that matter. Go to RockyMountainFreezeDry.com and stock up on Rocky Mountain freeze-dry ice cream and candy today. If you're not listening to Swamp Fight, you're just not listening. Join us here in the Swamp Wednesdays at 5 p.m. and Saturdays and Sundays at 12 noon right here on AM 1360. So good to see you, even though I can't see you. It's another beautiful day in the neighborhood. My name is Kelvin Crosby, also known as the Deaf Blind Potter. And I tell you, one of the the best things to know when you are facing difficulties in life is to know that there is hope. And when you have hope and you have options to overcome challenges... In this case, what today's show is all about is about really being able to overcome the challenge of the food, the food industry, and kind of what they've done with the whole government situation and how that's really made an impact 
on where we are today and really knowing are we getting the food that we really should be getting and I, I think that one thing I before we get into the rest of the crowdfunding AJ can you tell us a little bit like where most of our meat coming from because I, I heard you talk about that one time and I'm like you know, I, I don't think people know where your meat really is coming from, and it's not that good quality. Yeah, I don't have an exact number, but most of our, much of our beef is coming from out of country, so it's imported. And right now the USDA has this very confusing and misleading rule that if you import beef that's not cut into small packages, like a half a beef, let's say, so it's raised in Africa, it's butchered and then cut in half and then shipped over on a super tanker. Once it lands in America and gets further processed, in other words, put into ground beef and steaks, because they added value, according to the USDA, they can now label it product of the USA. So when you buy a some meat in the store that's labeled USA. If you buy it from a regular big chain grocery store, it has a very large likelihood that we have no idea where it came from. Mm. And how many, if it's ground beef, how many different animals were mixed into that one yeah. pound of ground beef? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Yeah. Not a fan. So, all right. No. So let's dive right back into the, to your, where, where we're trying to get to. And that is your, we're talking about right before the commercial the crowdfunding opportunity that you're looking to have people get involved in and really because this is farming and it is for the people and it's coming from the people and we really want to have this business be ran by the people itself so tell us a little bit about this yeah most importantly we don't want to open ourselves up to be in the same position that the big four are, which is that they have to maximize profits by law regardless of if it's best for the community or for the producers. Mm. And the other part of that too is if we bring on a VC, a venture capitalist, and then let's say JBS comes along and they offer a billion dollars. I don't want any influence there. I'm doing this yeah. for my grandchildren. This, there's no exit. When somebody asks me what's the exit strategy, there's not one. The exit is I die and maybe hopefully two, three generations keep it going because this is a chance – to correct our food supply chain in a way that we haven't had the opportunity to do until technology existed. Um, The big four have too much money to spend, to outspend, so hopefully we can create a movement as a community, mm-hmm. as a as a as an American patriotic Christian, or you know whatever your religious background is, if you believe in the right to source your own food, mm-hmm. that God gave you the right to have food sovereignty and not have to eat something like bug burgers or fake lab grown meat, <laughs> we we have to stand up now. I mean, I I don't know if you guys knew this, but there are literally fake cricket farms. Well, I don't know they're fake, but they're they're farms that are grown cricket, so that way you can have cricket snacks, you know. Yes. And they're creating farms that are creating these lab-grown meats that are not real meat. And I mean, you you talked about something the other day um, about corn and like the corn that they're they're building in the lab that has IP behind it is not real corn. Can you tell us a little yeah. bit about that? Yeah, genetic, genetically modified corn. Um, there was a case a few years ago where the neighbor that was that had the contract with Monsanto to grow their corn, the seeds blew into the neighbor's land and grew, and that neighbor was sued and lost for growing 
corn that was had intellectual property rights to it. So my biggest fear for my children is that we vilify, which is happening, we vilify natural food like beef mm-hmm. because cow farts are causing global warming, which is BS, right? <laughs> yeah. And so they vilify an outlaw. Oh, but we have the solution for you. The solution is our meat that we own all the intellectual property for, so you have one place to source from, and that's through us. Yeah. And what, what I find kind of mind-blowing is that people are entertaining this idea. It's mm-hmm. like, why would you want to go down that path? Like, yeah. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. And it's like, God created us to eat meat. He, he yeah. created us to eat healthy, eat the things. I mean, though these are all things that God created, yeah. and this is now all being challenged. So, if people want to go ahead, it's the playbook. It's the playbook from the pharmaceutical industry. They vilified natural medicines so that. You had to only buy or only knew, right? They they put out all these campaigns about the natural medicines that our grandparents used to give us, uh, or that they gave their kids, right, or that they were given. So now all we have are pharmaceuticals, which are killing us. It's keeping us chronically ill, and there's no exit strategy from those. It's the same playbook now being deployed in the food supply chain. I've I've said for a while now that the the biggest lead generator. In other words, when you when you do marketing, you go pay for marketing and that generates lead. The biggest mm-hmm. lead generator for big pharma is big food. Because if they can give you the food to make you sick, they've got the solution. And that's because it's the same people that own both. While the big four own uh, are different companies, BlackRock, Vanguard, and these other investors are the same investors in the food supply chain as they are in the pharmaceutical chain. So they're building an uh-huh. ecosystem for themselves that makes them money on both sides while we all get sick and die younger. Just wrong. Just wrong. I mean, what happened to – like for me, it's like I'm thinking about humanity. Like why would we be in this situation and really think, okay, if we really truly care about people, don't we really want to give everybody the opportunity? So, yes. Stay tuned, and we'll see you on the other side for the last segment, and we can live beyond our challenges. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see. Hi, this is Tammy Cuthbert Garcia with Naturally Inspired Radio. Tune in Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. for the latest in natural health news. Get real solutions for healthy living and hear from our inspiring guests that are leading the way in health and freedom. You've probably been hearing me talk about Y-Refi for a while now. Y-Refi has been getting a ton of phone calls, and I want to thank you for supporting and investing in something that actually helps people. A lot of people are talking about this investment, so I'd like to review the basics with you. First off, yes, it's true. You can earn up to 10.25% fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed. You can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose, and there are 
absolutely no fees. There is no attack on principle if you ever need your money back, and your monthly statements will have no surprises. If you're not sure if you can trust this economy, this secure collateralized portfolio may be a good option for you. Just go to investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com, or call them at 888-Y-REFI-24. That's 888-Y-REFI-24. Tell them Joe sent you. Do you have questions or comments for Kelvin? You can text him right now at 877-536-1360. I want to see Hey, 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 it's so good to see you, even though I can't see you, it's another beautiful day in the neighborhood, and I'm so excited that you are here at the Deaf Blind Potter Show. My name is Kelvin Crosby, also known as the Deaf Blind Potter, and um, if you haven't seen me throw this story today, or AJ's interview, you, you missed out, but it'll be on YouTube and Rumble, and also on the DeafBlindPotterShow.com where you can hear the the podcast and you can also hear the um oh, what do you call it you can watch the video of me making this piece um I did finish it a little early because we had a little bit of a hiccup there so I needed to <laughs> kind of get through this process but um also if you need valentine presents they're deafblindpotter.com and you can get your valentine present there I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I got a text today that I need to get the heart bowls up and running, but they're still in BIS forms, or or greenware forms, so I got to get them BIS and put them in the kiln. Maybe I'll do that tomorrow, and then hopefully I can get them all glazed red and have them ready by the end of the week, but we'll see. We'll, we'll keep your fingers crossed and pray that I can find a, a new glazer, because the lady that was glazing for me before, she found she started her own business. So it's going to be a little bit more of a challenge to get some of those things out. But we do have pieces up. We have some uh, Deathline Potter mugs, Living Beyond the Label mugs. Also the Perseverance, no, no, Overcomer mugs, the red and blacks. So those are all there for you. So um, so I have J- JJ here, or not JJ, AJ and AJ, so tell us a little bit about the crowdfunding thing. How can people get on an email list so that way they can be a part of this journey that you're taking people through to connect with their local farmers or if they are a farmer because this goes out to all of the north range of the Rocky Mountains. So there are a lot of farmers there. So if you want to participate in this, how can they get on your database and get part of your, your process and this app build that you're doing? Yeah. <clears throat> so from the farm.io, you can go there and there's two options. You can sign up as a consumer or sign up as a producer. One of our biggest challenges to scaling is going to be enough sellers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so meeting the farmers and ranchers, letting them know what we're up to, talking to them about all of the things that we've worked towards to solve some of the th- the, challenge, the challenges that make it hard to sell direct. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And um, yeah, so that's that's basically where you can go to 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 get all that information and be a part of that. The, the crowdfunding will be releasing that in the next couple of weeks. Um, we're going through all the financials and so forth, so we know what to do there. But um, we're really excited and would much rather build this with the community than with anybody that has an ulterior motive than to just secure our food supply chain. Yeah, for sure. And and I think um, do you guys know what platform you're going to use? You guys, um, like Patreon. We're- well, we're looking at Kickstarter or Indiegogo, but uh, we're just doing the research on that right now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So well, all that, um, I'll probably bring you on when you make that live so that way people can get really get involved in that and really uh, talk about what that is. Because I think this is so important that we need to really start thinking about and really addressing in our lives. Because honestly, we don't want to be in a situation where – we're facing a challenge that could have been prevented. Yeah, because that's right. I mean, honestly, challenges that we face in life, some of them are preventable. So if we start processing that process now and start working through those challenges today, we're able to really address this challenge, the that's food right. challenge, the getting the right food for ourselves, our family, and supporting our family. And if you think I need to be a homesteader, well, help me out and find some land. And maybe I'll actually make that into a whole other business. But like I always say, go live beyond the challenges. And AJ, thank you so much for being on the DeafBlind Potter Show. Thank you for having me. From the colors of fall to the fragrance of spring. ETI is your local one-stop shop for all your heavy equipment needs. From rebuilding your components to helping manage your fleet, our goal is to make your life simple. Our full-service hydraulic and machine shop will meet all your expectations. We also offer free pickup and delivery. Call Jeff at 970-685-2064 with any questions or to schedule a pickup. Again, that's 970-685-2064. 9-11, the Podesta emails, Epstein Island, Hunter's laptop, the 2020 stolen election. What truths are they hiding? Find out this and more on Just Inform Talk Radio, weekdays from 7 to 9 a.m. You're listening to the Roar of the Rock.